0: All right, you are now tuned in to the Follow Through with Clipson. Drew, the True Players Podcast, Episode One Seventy Five. We're going to be talking about Airbnb in Charlotte. Is Lamelo a top ten point guard? Swaggy P seems to think so. D Rose is back to the Garden, and you know who else is back? Lou Williams. And what is a podcast without a Kyrie quote? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music.
1: Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt Like Mount Vesuvius I'm about due to erupt Use it or I'm losing it They say I need to loosen up Tight, I'm well taught I must do the max like us. I do have something to say So you got to give it up Give it up, you never Like
0: What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is? You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 175. Hope everybody had a great Super Bowl weekend. We know Tom Brady did. After, yeah. dude, how funny was that, Drew? Yeah. Of how like shit faced he was, though. That's the drunkest I've ever seen Tom Brady. <laughs> he, and he did, did. You see his tweet afterwards too?
2: Yeah. I. It felt. It felt like somebody. No, it was via Tom Brady. It, I know. I know. But it felt like somebody. Like that was so funny.
0: It was so funny because like, the
2: misspellings and the
0: the capital letters. Noting to see her. Just a little avocado tequila. How great is that? And best. wasn't it your boy that was carrying him out? So yeah, the, if you
2: listened to the last pod, you heard my my connection to the Bucks through uh, their third string quarterback and Ryan Griffin is getting a lot of plug in the media right now because he was you know celebrating. I, I, he got more coverage in the celebration than he has the entire NFL season career. Well, yeah, sure, and definitely, and and uh, yeah. So he was hanging out with Tom the whole pretty much the whole party including the yeah yeah including the on the boat and stuff um and yeah he so he's the guy in that particular like you know meme or gif or whatever you want to call that 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 video of him walking into the or walking in or out of the party ryan's the one holding him up to make sure that he gets there safely but i have to say uh, I'm a little jealous of the Buccaneers because of the water parade that they were able to have, and the Lakers. You know, we could have gone down the Long Beach and done something on the water, but it we didn't get a parade. The Lakers didn't get a parade, and the Buc- it's also Florida, Drew. But no, but but think about that. Like they're able to be distanced enough from people, where people, if they want to, they can line. You know, whatever I don't know, like the bay. I'm assuming is where they were. And you can still see the party or the parade, and the players are isolated on their boats so they don't have to interact with the crowd. I thought it was a really good idea. Uh, but the highlight of it, apps other than Ryan Griffin, is Tom Brady throwing the-, the only touchdown pass that mattered Super Bowl weekend, which was from his boat, which looked unbelievable, looked like a Bond villain boat, mm-hmm. to the boat where uh, Cameron Brate, the tight end, was, and they caught it. Like that was the craziest thing. Throwing the Lombardi trophy that easily would have sank to the bottom of the bay. And probably would have cost a couple thousand dollars to retrieve uh, from his boat to the next. I mean, we're reaching the next level of greatness. Tom Brady can do anything.
0: I That just shows how drunk he was, too. And what was even better was his kids in the background. No, no. Daddy, no. <laughs> don't do don't it. Don't do it. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, he has six more of them. So, like, yeah, you know, right. there, there's the, the fact that he did it and had the balls to do it, it's really cool to see Tom Brady be like that. Because you think he's just some you know, avocado guy that does, never drinks or does anything like he that. He is
2: definitely an avocado guy.
0: Definitely is. But the whole thing was awesome. Big up to uh, the Bucks. I know our boy Alex Kennedy is a huge Tampa Bay fan. He was just beside himself. So I'm stoked for that. Alex Kennedy at Basketball News, by the way. I feel
2: bad for Mahomes, too Because I, I got to say, like, my pick was for the Chiefs, but I didn't realize how damaged their offensive line was. And I know we're not an NFL podcast, <laughs> but, like, it's very clear to see, like, why offensive linemen get paid – You know, occasionally in that hundred million dollar range is because of the value that they have. Like Mahomes was running for his goddamn life. It looked like sixth grade flag football out there. Like when, when, you know, when you're playing flag football, none of those blockers, the offensive linemen, the unathletic kids that can't go run and catch a pass or run with the ball, they all get sent to the offensive line. They don't know what they're doing in flag football in sixth grade. So they just kind of let the. <laughs> they, they, it's almost like a Mississippi count. It's like right. one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Okay, cool. You can go run and try and catch my quarterback, and that's what it looked like. So I feel bad for Mahomes, but
0: and the penalties, dude.
2: The penalties. Yeah, were... there was some definite weak ass penalties. And homeboy
0: woke up Brady. Like, why would you even go in Tom Brady's face? Matthew, space?
2: Tyrone, Matthew. You what? Did they, I mean, did that was it. so stupid. But it, look, man, I didn't. I, you know, the way that that game unfolded, it was pretty clear that the Buccaneers were going to get it. But I did have uh, one quick story. I me and me and a couple of the homies put a placed a little prop bet down on the Super Bowl we wanted to do something fun and outlandish so we picked the color of the Gatorade to be splashed on oh, nice. the winning head coach mm-hmm. and we picked blue at I think it was six six to one odds and we nailed it we, we got it right so that was at least at the end of the game I still had something that I was watching for looking forward to it. but of course I by the end of the game I was hammered not only that but they did. They cut away. They cut away from the dumping of the Gatorade, which is obviously like a big, a lot of people bet on that prop. It's a fun thing to bet on. And you got all the different colors. You can do orange, which was the favorite, or red, I think was second at three to one. And the, and the fucking broadcast cut away. And I'm like, wait, you're kidding me. I watched this whole fourth quarter, which didn't matter at all and was not very entertaining uh, other than some of the stuff Mahomes had to try and do back there. And they cut away from it. But I, we were able to Google it and we got that money came through. So the Super Bowl was a success for your boy.
0: Nothing beats the streaker prop bet. Though. Oh, I genius! Mean, if that's not genius, that can't be done again, right? Uh, what, what I a don't know great how idea. you would.
2: I don't know how you would regulate that. Like, I don't know if, like, because if, because for instance, like, if if I put seventy five grand on a streaker being there, and then I had you do it, right? Like, there's why wouldn't that? also work like i get what you're saying because like in in his instance like he placed the bet and then he ran onto the field and Mm -hmm. had his boy get out there first so they tackled him and then he made it Mm -hmm. uh but i don't i know what you mean like it's a totally worth it's totally worth like the trip to jail it was a thousand
0: bucks yeah like get him out of jail
2: even if it's more than that right he made 300 grand on that and he wasn't
0: even he wasn't even naked either
2: just no he had like the borat yeah like one piece uh you know 80s swimsuit going on (laughs) It was
0: genius. Hey, okay, off football again. Yeah. No more football from Clips and Drew for at least another... Yeah, until August. Five, August. <laughs> I, I kind of want to start first with, and I know we talked about him a lot on the last show, but LaMelo Ball is getting so much pub right now. In every every uh, clubhouse room I'm in, everybody's talking about LaMelo. First of all, LaMelo's at 14, 5, and 6 right now, which is pretty awesome for... You know, a rookie. He's probably leading the way for Rookie of the Year right now. Ty, uh, Halliburton behind him and then Anthony Edwards is coming on right now who looks just like I got to watch him last night again who I think he's going to be really good. But a lot of the talk was Swaggy P came out and said, he posted a picture of LaMelo and he's like, yo he's already a top 10 PG. And I said, that's a little bit of a stretch for me, but he might have a point like right now who are better point guards than him, right? So I was, I was thinking about some pgs obviously so lowry not better than lowry right no i wouldn't say you wouldn't either. take him would you take him over kemba right now though well kemba's
2: like barely playing but no no
0: i you wouldn't. wouldn't so no. i'm thinking lowry kemba jamal murray simmons russ cp Kyrie, steph luca dame so there's no way he's in the top 10 no no if he would have said top 15 i'd agree with even that i think is a stretch really it's just way too early
2: to, to have any sort of conversation regarding about his place in history or his place amongst the league uh, at this stage of his career. Yeah, he's a fucking exciting as shit, and he's one of the most coveted young players. I would say he is the rookie of the year thus far because Wiseman has been out with injury for a while now, and everybody else is not doing a good enough job other than Tyrese Halliburton, so I do think it's kind of a two-man race um, thus far into the season. But there's no way I can ever evaluate him in the pantheon of these great point guards that we have. We have, we have so many great point guards in the NBA. I just don't I don't think that's fair to them, right. <laughs> to guys that have played multiple seasons. And I also think it's unfair to put that on him now, even if you think that he's a top 10 player, because he is his, he a rookie, and we, we have not seen him at his best. I do think that he has a chance to get into that top 15, top 10 point guard level. Uh, but right now he's definitely on the outskirts of that for me.:
0: They' are five and five in their last 10 games. In his last 10 games, he's averaging 19 and six. So those are really good numbers. And the other thing about it is I think right now, the duo name of Airbnb is probably the best duo name I've ever heard. Do you I mean it works perfectly with Bridges, who's probably the best in-game dunker right now in basketball. Um, what do you think about that?
2: I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's so accurate. I mean, cause, because the fact that they're just constantly throwing lobs and they're both, last name happened to be starting with a B, I don't think it gets any better than that. Like it, it's, uh, they should look for sponsorships with Airbnb, they should have some sort of commercial with them. I, I can't recall another duo's like nickname that stands out to
0: me that that describes it better i, mean, I can uh, no, there's there is one better okay i mean splash bros is pretty good well of course that's yeah. that's a pretty good one sure and I, I i went through a couple i had some of our listeners send us some too so splash bros to me is right up there with airbnb fun guys Kawhi and pg <laughs> okay. flat, flat serpents KD and Kyrie, also known as 7-eleven okay Seven Eleven, i like uh Euro Bros is weak for Luca and Porzingis. The Uni I like that. Uh, right, LeBron right. and AD.
2: Bron and AD. Okay. This
0: one was my favorite, and this goes back to Kemba and and Gordon Hayward, the White Walkers.
2: Kemba and Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: because I get it. I get it. The White Walkers. Okay. I like that one. Um, Run TMC is a try is a is a triple threat, but Run TMC's up there is one of the best. Right. Um, and then I had I mean five slamma jamma. That was another threesome. Uh, Twin towers. that's just easy for Samson and Elijah Juan. And then coming up a strong third is Sexland. I mean sexland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I think that is
2: that's got to be up there because that's it's just a hilarious name.
0: It's perfect though. yeah,
2: I don't know if it like it doesn't describe the way that they play in the same way that Airbnb describes, you know, ball and bridges. But I think that is one of the most clever <laughs> and and hilarious nicknames that is out there.
0: An honorable mention—I don't know where this came from—but Robbie Reed, one of our followers, who's obviously a Philadelphia fan, he said, "Big Mo, Little Mo, the Doctor, Andrew, Tony, and Ivoroni, no baloney, Sixers all the way." And I said, <laughs> "Okay, all right, Robbie, I appreciate that." Uh, anyways, I love Airbnb, and if they are not a sponsor of the Charlotte, if it's not Airbnb Arena, at some point, make that shit happen. One more thing that I found completely blasphemous in clubhouse and this can happen sometimes, uh, it can happen in clubhouse where you, there's just some erroneous comments, right? And one of the rooms is kind of like a hot take room and you can get sent to the bench. If your take is like just absolutely oh, ridiculous. Funny. It's cool. They send you back down to the, uh, to the audience instead of being a speaker. I have, I've just been a, uh, a, a listener in that room cause I don't want to be sent. I don't belong on the bench anywhere. So, That's funny. uh, The thing was, who would you, who's better? Who's the better mellow, Carmelo or LaMelo, right? Oh my God. And everybody, what's crazy, is saying LaMello. What and the fuck
2: are they talking so about? So I
0: got livid. Okay, listen, Drew. <laughs> and you know how I get, okay? I Come got a on. little livid. And I'm just like, look, dude, it could be this season. It could be next season. It could be season 2035. There is one Mello, and that's Carmelo, MF, and Anthony, okay? LaMelo might need to find another name. But when I, when I hear Mello, I hear Carmelo, correct?
2: Yeah, I think the younger generation doesn't. And I get that, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a 16-year-old kid. Uh, you should know who Carmelo Anthony is, but you're probably thinking Mello, right? Because he also had that... I think that's his handle, right? On uh, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. He took, he snaked... I'm pretty sure he's Mello.
0: He's Mello underscore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I, I, I get it. I get it. But he's... No. Carmelo Anthony is definitely... I mean, I think the reason that people are even calling him Mello instead of LaMello, other than the fact that he embraced that and likes that nickname, is because... Of Carmelo Anthony, right? Like, if Carmelo Anthony didn't exist, maybe we would just know him ha- as Mello, right? Because the Mello thing was already there. I think he's like kind of riding that wave in the similar way that Dwight Howard rode the Superman wave off of Shaq. Mm. So, uh, to me, that's what it feels like. It feels like Shaq is Superman, Mello is Mello, Carmelo Anthony is Mello, and Dwight Howard was this like fake pseudo later <sighs> Superman. And right now, and I, I don't want to blame la Melo right people have
0: been calling him Mello his whole life i get it
2: and i don't think he's the one that's making the comparison and saying like i'm the real Mello mm-hmm. or anything like that but everybody else that is is just stupid
0: and if you're talking about who's a better player right now i'm taking mel i'm taking carmelo over LaMelo in a one-on-one game hands down right oh, now in one-on-one if yeah if they're saying who's a better player right now right well, i still think carmelo is a better basketball player in
2: one-on-one i'm taking carmelo okay but in the NBA right now, you're taking LaMelo because Carmelo, you know, he's a he's a role player now. And Melo has the all this upside. So, like, okay. right now, if I was a GM, and I think you would also do this too, I would have LaMelo on my team before I did Carmelo. But in a one-on-one game, I'm it's without a Mello. doubt. Yeah, without a doubt, it's right. Carmelo Anthony.
0: All right, I, I I I want to watch them closely though because they're also a really exciting team to watch. We've talked. This is the most we've ever talked about Charlotte in our, our four seasons of doing this show, mm-hmm. uh, which which has got to mean something. I mean, they're fun to watch. Bridges is is electrifying. Uh, you know, yeah, they're just inconsistent, right? Uh, I mean, like you said, they're five and five in the last ten games,
2: and you know, while Lamelo is playing quite well, there there is like, it's interesting to me. Some guys just get a lot of praise for what they do. And the stuff that they do bad just gets kind of swept under the rug, um, and the other in in other guys' cases, anything that they do bad is just completely magnified. And Paul that's George. what, that's Paul what George. we focus on. Right. It's an interesting thing, right? Because Lamelo could be just as easily um, praised for his good offense as he is for his bad offense and his bad defense. So I, I you know, before we get into the top ten point guards and stuff like that, I like I said, I think he has a chance at doing that. But let the kid play. I mean, shit, Michael Carter Williams won Rookie of the Year when he was, I mean, kind of a version of LaMelo, if you will, like not a great shooter. I think LaMelo is a better shooter than Michael Carter Williams was, but he was a playmaker. He had good handles. He had good size. Reminded me of Sean Livingston, another, you know, really uh, young rookie point guard at that size that came into the league that never quite made it. Neither of those guys never quite made it to that, you know, top 10.
0: Livingston was on his way. If he didn't, Livingston was definitely on his way. Um, and I remember having this conversation with you and Douchebag John in the beginning of summer, like when Lamelo got drafted or whatever. And I was I was saying I went a little crazy and saying, well, he could be Kevin Durant because how tall he is and he likes to shoot the ball. And maybe that was a little too far. And and John had said, I, I think he's more of Sean Livingston. And the more I think about it, I think the more I've watched Lamelo play is I think he's got a lot of Penny in him. You know, tall, can handle the rock, likes to pass the ball, not a great three point shooter yet, but. Um, I think, th- I think that's a better comparison. Penny.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think which the- is,
0: which is high praise by the way.
2: I think the, yeah, I think when when we're talking about like Lamello and what he can be in the NBA, I think Livingston is a good, uh, like basement, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like if he sucks and doesn't turn into the shooter that we all expect and still never decides to play defense, um, he'll still have a role as a very tall lanky playmaking point guard in the league for at least 10 years right if he doesn't develop at all which i don't expect that to happen i do expect him to develop um but i think that's a good basement like livingston very solid never really scored that many points um he obviously had a crazy time in his career where he went through that ridiculous injury and it was unbelievable that he was able to play for as long as he was as as long as he did after that um, but barring some sort of injury like that to LaMelo, I I think he's going to be way better than Livingston ever was.
0: Our boy D Rose got out of purgatory in Detroit. He's now back at the garden. I'm so stoked that he got out of there. He seems extremely happy to be at the garden. He had his first game two nights ago, right? Looked really good. It seems like uh, our my boy Austin Rivers has probably just lost his, his backup role on the bench to D Rose. So he might be on the trading block. But – I, I I know he. I, we both said that Blake and him deserve to go somewhere. And New, I know New York isn't like, uh, you know, gonna win a championship this year or anything. But he seems much happier, and they're embracing him so much there. Um, the Knicks are 11 and 15. They're in the ninth spot, so they still have a chance to make it to the playoffs. And all the Knicks fans that I talk to, uh, they they're assuming they're gonna make the playoffs.
2: I mean, here's the the, the bottom line: if you're making it to, to the 10 seed, there's only five teams worse than you. So most teams are going to make it, right? 20 out of 30 teams are going to make it into that play-in tournament. I still think the Knicks definitely have a shot at making that happen, especially because the bottom of the East is so jumbled up. Um, And, you know, when we talked with Spencer about the Cavs and how they might potentially end their season, I expect the Knicks and the Cavs and, you know, Charlotte and, uh, you know, some of those other teams like Atlanta, all to be kind of fighting for those last, you know, seven to ten seeds. And I do think... You know, COVID and injuries at the last two weeks of the season is really going to determine who is going to make that 10 seed. But I, the Knicks are definitely going to be in the conversation. Um, it's amazing how much Tibbs loves Rose.
0: He's played on every team that Tibbs has ever coached.
2: And it, and there's got to be a reason to right. that. Tibbs gets the best out of him. I mean, right. that's the truth. And the last time we saw him, you know, doing as you know, as well as we were hoping he would was in Minnesota, right? He's had some good moments in Detroit. Uh, But it's clear that Tibbs understands the way that he plays and vice versa for Rose, like he understands the way that Tibbs coaches. And I think, you know, especially when you're building a culture... It's always good to have some guys, some some veterans that are understanding of the system. They also have Taj Gibson on the Knicks, who has been a Tibbs guy since he left USC. That's true. Um, so, I mean, there's two guys that have really played. Derek Rose and Taj Gibson have both played on every team. That if he Tibbs could get if could could sign, he'd get one more year. I'm on sure. The I'm sure he might be working out Joaquin right now. I mean, who knows? I mean, he's from New York too. And yeah. Uh, Pat Riley's like uh, Jimmy, you're not you're not going to the Knicks because I, Tibbs is apparently calling everyone from the 2009 <laughs> Bulls team, and uh, Nate Robinson's going to be on there. No, oh, like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but it, it is it it's great. I I mean I'm happy that Rose is is out of there um, and and back in New York because I think he was he was disappointed with how it all ended. The last time, he was a Nick, So I think this is a good redemption for him.
0: His first night in New York, uh, it was quickly, and I think it was Julius Randle. It could have been or, – or it was uh, M- uh, Mitchell. Who, who's their big guy? The Mitchell, big guy. Mitchell, right? Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. I think they both took him out to dinner. And what a value for Quickly to have because there's a huge upside for him, and New York fans love this Quickly guy. Yeah, we haven't
2: talked enough about him.
0: I agree. I agree. I, sh- I,
2: I would say, honestly, he's probably third or fourth. In rookie? In the rookie of the mm-hmm. year stuff. I mean, that kid – Quickly is a great name. Great, Perfect that's a great name. basketball name for a guard. Not um, better than my boy Shake Milton,
0: though, as a guard.
2: Shake, if your name's Shake, Shake, but it's his, it's the first name, right? So right. like, you don't see Shake on the back of the jersey. Right. You see Quickly on the back of that jersey. And you're like, damn, like that's dope. <laughs> and he's. You know, there was that Clipper game, and I during the game he went up to Lou Will, and they were, i think one of them was mic'd up or something like that. They
0: weren't mic'd up. He he, he worded it. You can tell what he, he said. He mouthed it, mm-hmm. right?
2: And and he went over to Lou Williams and was like, "Yo, like you're one of my favorite players, you know, in the game," and he gave him some daps. And 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 his game really does echo a lot of what Lou Williams does. His floater game is crazy good. His jumper is odd, but it's good. Like it's, uh, I think he's a good shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an odd looking jumper. Uh, at times it's a little bit more out in front he pushes it a little bit but fuck dude if it's going in who am i to you know sit here i'm not my, i'm not seeing mike dunn where right. i need to be evaluating everyone's shot and making it perfect like clay thompson look at Halliburton's shot
0: right that looks another odd example. too there's
2: another example kevin before.
0: martin was the same way but mm-hmm. if it works it works uh, lonzo right but his his wasn't his wasn't really working even lamello again like they obviously have weird forms but if it works it works it's about repetition right i mean and
2: you know i think even mike dunn and all those professors of the shot will agree that even if your form isn't 100% dialed in textbook the way that clay thompson or ray allen was you still have arguably the best shooter ever reggie miller who had a very strange form he did but it's the repetition if you can do that get the muscle memory down and you have your shot locked in and you're not changing your release point you're not changing the way the ball leaves your hand you're not changing your feet your structure, all that stays the same. Because Reggie was even pigeon-toed; like mm-hmm. his shot was way all all different types of fucked his up. His knees would lock. Yeah, the <laughs> bent the bent in knees. Right. Um, but because he did that time in and time out, thousands and thousands and thousands of times, you can get it to where you're a you're a dead locked in shooter and still have you know a slightly different form.
0: One guy that we don't talk enough about and a team we don't talk enough about, uh, the Kings, right? And I just was really impressed, again, on this road trip. And we're going to – you mentioned Lou Williams, and we're going to get into Lou in a little bit. But a guy that's been really impressing me is De'Aaron Fox. I mean, he he's made a, a major leap as far as game goes. Uh, he's at 23-3-6 and six right now. But his last five games, one of them against the Clippers, Drew, peep this out. 34 36 24 26 38 right wow this guy is super impressive um they're actually winning a few games seven and three in the last 10 which is which is really impressive and his numbers are crazy he gave us a really hard time so when we're talking about top point guards in the league he he might be the one of those guys that might take that jamal murray role that you know who's been pretty inconsistent but I, I really like this guy a lot. They they need to build around him. I mean, there's
2: it's just an example of another guy that I would put in front of Lamelo, right? Right, like I mean, that's just another example, and Jamal Murray as well. But to your point, like they're, I think they're starting to uh, find a little bit of rhythm in Sa- in Sacramento. Uh, Luke has to be. Commended for what he's done with that team because there was a lot of dissension last year, and it seems like you think they're listening to him. I well, buddy, buddy's not complaining anymore. Right, buddy healed. That was the big complainer, right. um, and so he's not only. I mean, obviously, the decision for Luke was was based on roster. Like, do I go with Bogdanovich? Do I go with Buddy? And do I? You know, one of these guys has to come off the bench, and and it, and Luke thought Healed would bring the most dynamic offensive abilities in the second unit, and I think he was right in that because. Bogdanovich, who's had a, a rough start and obviously you know injured for, out for the for the year, I believe, um, in in Atlanta now. When I watch him, he needs to be in the game. He needs to be involved in the game a little bit before he gets his rhythm. Where Buddy Heald is is a little bit more microwave-ish, where he can come in and really just affect the game. Now I did watch, maybe it was that Clipper game. I'm not. I can't remember. But we there took was the L that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but Buddy Heald had like eight assists and like zero points going into the fourth quarter. So I think, you know, in, in an example where if he was really upset and, and not kind of buying into the system, where he, he would be forcing shots up, um, and he wasn't forcing shots, he was missing shots, he was like one of nine, it's not like he didn't shoot at all, mm-hmm. but he's playing within the system, and I, I think defensively, Luke Walton is an underrated defensive coach. If you remember the last year that before LeBron arrived and before Luke got fired, where we had just our young core of Ingram and, and Lonzo and Coos was out there, um, Josh Hart. That team was not good and we were actively losing, trying to lose, <laughs> but we were a top 10 and, uh, NBA I think occasionally we were in the top five uh, defensively and that has to be credited to the coach right. because defense is about effort and having everyone be on the same page. That is still obviously a problem for the Kings, but I can see them running the system And he's letting De'Aaron Fox, to get back to the main point, do his thing. He's letting him handle the ball. He's letting him shoot as many times as he wants. I mean, in the last game against the Sixers, De'Aaron Fox took 30 shots. Um, Damn. Yeah, he was 13 of 30 for 34 points, which is not a great, you know, necessarily a great uh, percentage. But when you're a Sacramento Kings team and your best player is out there, it's okay for him to get 30 shots in a game. Um, and they lost that game by eight points, but there was against, like I said, against Philly, who's one of the best teams in the NBA. So um, I think similarly to the way that we've talked about the Hornets and the Cavs, I do think the Kings will be in contention for that play-in spot um, as the season comes down to an end because I think they're starting to mesh. And one guy, as we're talking about the Kings, was Sean Holmes. Dude, what a pickup. He is solid. I take him. He's solid, man. And Philly let him go, and Mm -hmm. he did his thing for a little bit in Phoenix, which was weird. But when you watch Rashawn Holmes play, he
0: has this little push shot. It's like it's It's, not a floater. It's the better Montrez Harrell shot. It's a push.
2: I've never seen anybody like this. I mean, to me, this goes back to, like, the the 60s. Like, there was a lot of that kind of pushing, push the ball up at the rim, just kind of delicate. Mm. But, like, 15 feet and in – on these pick and rolls if he if the basket is clogged he just hangs back at the free throw line they dump it to him and he does this little push shot yeah. and it goes in like 80% yeah.
0: of the time it's insane it's what montrez wishes he had cuz montrez tries that all the time it's, I, it's a hard an, shot
2: i and to me like when you watch rashawn holmes play mm-hmm. the kings landed a good starting center that has escaped teams for years because he's just been kind of bounced around and
0: not valued he is good. Brooklyn would love to have him on their team. Oh, my God. You know, I would love to have him right. on the Lakers. You know, you know, it's funny, and I know we're not talking about Clippers and Lakers yet, but a guy like that that I saw last night on Minnesota was Nas Reed, right? It's, this guy murdered us, right? And he, and it's, it's, it's crazy because you don't talk about Nas Reed, but he was so good. Uh, he's so big and he can move like Euro. It's these guys like Rashawn Holmes and Nas Reed that can really. Brooklyn would love to have Nas on their team. Just think if they had a big guy like that. So I'm with you on that. You know, every single podcast, we always ask, like, is Utah for real? Is Utah for real? And I guess the narrative is like, kind of like the Clipper narrative is let's see how they do in the playoffs, right? But Utah's 20 and five. They are the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, They're nine and one in their last 10 games. They've won five in a row. These guys are killing right now. And I know I haven't watched enough of them. But I thought it was impressive what Brad Stevens said. Stevens said, um, after they, they lost to Utah, Brad Stevens said, the closest team to the 2014 Spurs that we've played with, uh, the, 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 sorry, let me repeat. The closest team to the 2014 Spurs that we have played with the way the ball moves and how quickly the right decision is made. That's some pretty high praise to say that they're playing like the 14 Spurs.
2: No, I think that but that's I think that's very insightful. Like Brad Stevens is right. And when you think about the Spurs, it is that team play that sustained that generation of Spurs greatness where they got all those championships. And I, I think he's spot on here. Like they Donovan Mitchell is their star, Rudy Gobert is their rock on defense, and everybody else just knows what the fuck they're doing. They know their role. And that is invaluable in a team. When teams are comfortable, individuals on a team are comfortable within their role. They know what is expected of them, and they're able to succeed within that. That just gives everybody confidence, right? You get a solid, uh, pretty standard, solid rotation from your, you know, your your six through nine and ten guys. So they know what they're getting every night. They know that you know if they're if they're hot, the coach will probably leave them in. Uh, but as long as they're doing the things that they need to do. They're continuing to win games, and uh, I mean they, ha- they have to be talked about as one of the the better teams in the NBA. I think people still doubt them because of their lack of a true superstar. But as we've seen with those Spurs, and I think the one thing that Stevens would Brad Stevens would admit as well is that they don't have a Tim Duncan, right? right. And and you know for as much as <laughs> a much as much noise has been made about Rudy Gobert's contract and how much money he's getting, and maybe how he may not be deserving of that money. I think all of us would agree that he's not anywhere near Tim Duncan as far as the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, he's he's fantastic. I mean, shit, the guy's got a crazy wingspan. He's super tall. Um, they're
0: number one in rebounding for a reason. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he's not leading the lead in rebounds. I mean, Capella's averaging fourteen fucking rebounds right. a game, uh, but there's a lot of missed shots in Atlanta. But I think that that's why when 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 I think about the Jazz, you know, being that they're they're they a twenty win team right now, the best record in the NBA, I still don't. I'm not worried about them winning a championship as a Lakers fan. I'm not worried about them beating us in a seven-game series. And I think something that's interesting as I've been, you know, trying I've been I can't fucking watch Utah play. I don't I I can't get them on a nationally televised game. Like they don't get it. So I w- I would love to, I've only been breaking them down through highlights and game recaps and I'm trying to my best to catch them when they're on NBA TV or things you like that. You think
0: we watch them more because of Spider, right? Like, you, I want to watch more Donovan Mitchell. I do too. Right.
2: But I the, 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 the point that I was going to make is I think that there could be a little bit of walking back. Like, for instance, if the Shaq thing with Donovan Mitchell turns into Utah having one of the best records in the NBA, maybe all of us will look back at that, and Shaq, I'm sure, will bring it up and be like— you know, does that happen if I don't call him out on national television? Last five games for Donovan, thirty two, eighteen, thirty, twenty seven, thirty six, you know? Exactly. That- and so I think there's 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 an interesting uh kind of curve to that where if <laughs> if Donovan keeps performing at this level and is just delivering thirty point per game performances, he could he could look back at that and be like, you know, like actually legitimately thank Shaq for lighting a fire under your ass when we've seen it, you know, a lot of the great players, especially with the last dance and Michael Jordan motivation comes from a lot of different places. And sometimes that motivation has to be internal when no one else is paying attention and no one else is giving a shit, but sometimes it can be external and that can really fucking light a fire. Um, As we've seen with Paul George, I think Paul George is kind of similarly taking that on. Uh, We talk a lot about him on this pod, but I do think that there's something to that, especially in the NBA uh, I'm still not going to give Shaq a pass for the way that he did that, but on the other, on the flip side of it, maybe Utah fans might be, you know, thanking Shaq
0: a little bit. They should be, and again, the record proves it. They're doing really well. We need to watch more of them. Did you know that there was a record set last night? First time in NBA history, Zach Levine, first of all, went for forty-six, seven, and four. 17 of 25 shooting nine of 14 threes. I am the biggest Zach Levine fan. And I, I really am. And in the clubhouses that I'm in, I'm always defending this guy. Cause some more erroneous comments from Bulls fans were like, do you think that we should just trade Zach for, for really good draft picks and, and move on? And I'm like, no, why would you do that when you have a super, I think he is the closest thing. He's not there yet, but he is very good and he will be a superstar. But Cody White and, Kobe White and him last night, first, First duo ever to each have eight threes in a game. You'd think that it would be Steph and Clay, right? But they've never done that. Wow. Both of them had eight threes. That's wild.
2: Zach had nine. Zach right? was nine for 14, which is insane. Kobe <laughs> White was eight for 17. Both those guys had obviously big nights. Zach Levine, you mentioned 46 points. Kobe White had 30. And then Denzel Valentine, who's... Uh, hey, Denzel. ...stepping into the starting lineup with uh, Markinen again, injured. That fucking guy. please. Stay healthy, who Laurie, Your Markin boy, in, oh, Laurie, that's Your boy, guy. I mean, he's not extended, so I really kind of hope he he doesn't get extended in Chicago and that he gets to go somewhere fun where I can, you know, see him in he a can't playoff game. Stay healthy, game. though. But that's God damn it! I just want him to stay healthy.
0: <laughs> he's gonna get healthy and then catch COVID. That's what's gonna happen. He's uh, I don't wish. He's already been here.
2: out with contact tracing. Um, so to the point about trading Zach Levine, I get it. I get the idea uh, behind it. Why some Chicago fans would want to do that because. If you're in truly in a rebuilding situation, which they obviously have been since 1999, um, not really since what, what like 2010 or whatever, but um, I get the appeal of going. All right, let's just give up Zach for a bunch of picks and let's just try and start over because you know we're starting from the ground up here. But I think that Billy Donovan is a very good head coach for young players. And I do, I would not trade Zach Levine right. unless you're getting Bradley Beal. Unless yeah, you're but then getting... it's the same thing. Then for what? Right, right exactly. My point, I, I think I'm speaking to your point, though, is like, I don't know why you would want to break apart <laughs> the Kobe White-Zach Levine thing right now. And with Patrick Williams
0: is young, too. Patrick
2: Williams is fine. He mm-hmm. only had seven points in that game. But I, yeah, he's, he's, he's looking fine. Mm-hmm. And um, Thaddeus Young has been playing really, really well. It's his, it's his 42nd year in it's the NBA as well. It's outrageous. <laughs> uh, we've talked about Zach Levine a couple episodes ago, and it's pretty clear that he's he's next level. You're right. Mm. He, he's on the borderline of being a superstar. And if he was doing this for a team that was in playoff contention every year, we would absolutely be giving him more nods. I think all-star appearances, things like that would be happening, coming his way. But he, unfortunately, his whole NBA career has been shrouded in just losses. Horrible teams. I don't know if he's had a winning record. I can't, I can't think of a team, maybe his first year in Minnesota. Um, but Minnesota hasn't had a winning record in a long time. And then I think it may have been the first year that we did our podcast. They did. They were in the – it was with Jimmy. So that was a winning season. But Zach Levine was on, was on Chicago by that time because Jimmy, Jimmy got into the playoffs – the last year weren't they traded for each other yes yeah Yeah, yeah. that's my point okay i'm trying to think if zach levine has ever had a winning record and i don't think the answer is yes
0: probably not i mean they're 10 and 14 right now they're in 10th place the bulls which is sad because we all as basketball fans want the bulls to be in the playoffs like everybody has a soft spot for the bulls um they're not far away i mean uh 11 and 13 is the hawks in the eighth spot so it's not like they're far back right now there's plenty of time um but you had mentioned minnesota and Clippers played Minnesota last night. Uh, Cat for his first game back, and he even found it as a shock because he was on the the roster, and and, uh, Cat was like, well, that's news to me because I didn't really know. And he's been – obviously has had the worst time with COVID with his family. He got it and said he was just miserable for a few weeks. But he came out, had a double-double last night. He looked really good. Clippers got the win. But I got to say something, man. And this is to all the Clipper fans because I took a lot of hate for Lou Will. Okay. I was very open with saying that he has not been playing well. Yeah. Um, but everybody else wanted to trade him. Get rid of Lou. Get rid of Lou. He's garbage. He's, uh, so much slander. And I kept saying, let's let's get him through the, the road trip. Right. He's had a bum hip. Let's get him through the road trip. It's Lou freaking Williams. Right. Give this guy a minute. And so he's back. Past four games, 15, 18, 23, 27. Last night was his first like solid game of the season. He's the reason why we won the game. Um, our Defensively, again, for the Clippers, Drew, we look horrendous. Last night was the first time this whole season where I took my hat off and I threw it all the way here <laughs> under the table because we couldn't guard shit, right? Yeah. But what I did like was Ty Lue realized that Ibaka and Zubaka were, were having a really hard time guarding the bigs, guarding, uh, cat and Nas Reed. And so he went small ball really like Ibaka didn't, didn't play much more after that. Zubak had a really hard time. Our guards came out and played really well. Kawhi had a huge night. Um, but I thought we were going to lose that game, and I'm like, well, shit, if we lose our third in a row to Minnesota, there's, there is going to be so many text messages that I'm going to have to deal with. So thank you, Clippers, for winning that. It's obvious that we miss Paul George. He's a huge part of our offense. We, yeah, he didn't play that, that game. He hasn't played in three games. What's going on with him? He has a, a swollen toe. He's had a bad foot. He didn't go on the road trip. Um, I, don't, I don't know who – oh, we play Chicago tomorrow. He didn't go on the road trip, but Pat Bev is back. This is your second road trip in a row. It's a quick. It's a sec Like we had, we had the seven game, and then two at home, and then we have two away. Got it. Got it. Minnesota and then Chicago when we come back home. But Pat uh, played for his first time in eight games. Yeah. It was great to have him back. But again we need to address the defensive issues that we're having right now and all those shots that we were talking about drew of like you know 84% of our shots are wide open it's because of the attention of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard so when Batum has to create his own shot or Kennard has to create his own shot um it's 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 hard to come by and i know Lou we're t- we've been experimenting with some different lineups but again last night was At one point when we were down 13, it was Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Lou Williams, and Batum, right? And I'm just like, this isn't going to work. No. Uh, Our boy Morris came out. Was was just chucking up his first five shots, six shots, and he ended up hitting. He was three for like eleven last night, but the, was he three for eleven? Three for twelve. Three for twelve. But those three, I think it was three three pointers too, if I'm not mistaken, or it was two three pointers. Two for two for seven from three. Right, but those two were huge. So I'm really glad he hit them. But the more I see a Terrence man, and I know. You know, a lot of people don't know who he is, but the Clippers and Doc Rivers especially was very high on this guy. And he's 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 in the rotation now. And I really like the way he plays. He's tough, uh, plays really, really hard, energy guy. I just want him in with the right people. I don't think, and I know Paul George isn't playing, but we need to always have Paul George or Kawhi on the floor with whatever unit is playing.
2: Some of the criticism that Batum has taken over the years shows up in those games where, you where, where you lose either Kawhi or Paul George when one of those guys isn't playing then it goes to Batum you go all right dude like let's step up and that's not always been the case I know he had one really good game on that road trip he went he went off um and had a, had himself a good night but to, to my point last night he played 35 minutes had eight points um and was two of six from the field so, I mean, I get it, right? He's not a focal point of the offense, but it's in he those... He has been, though. But it's in those moments where if Paul George is down with an injury or Kawhi comes down with you know some sort of nagging thing or they're resting or whatever it is, that's when you need him to step up and start delivering a little bit more um, offensive firepower to help everybody out. I mean, because I'm looking at the box score. Kawhi had 36. That's awesome. Lou Williams had 27. And then it's like Reggie, 15... Ibaka ten, Morris ten, and Batum with eight, and like Patrick Beverly with six. But that's you know whatever. Patrick Beverly's he's not gonna he's not always gonna go off for twenty. But it's those it's it's in those moments where I'm expecting Batum to go all right. Like Paul's out, let me get some shots up. Like let me let me see if I can you know get this going.
0: Shoot, how many shots did he get up? Only you know it
2: was two of six.
0: Right. So he's normally used to getting these wide open looks, like most of our team is. And when, when they're contested, obviously they're a little more difficult. So the luxury of having a Kawhi and Paul George on the floor at the same time is such a, a big benefit to everybody else on the team. That's why everybody was shooting so well. So we, there is no timetable for when Paul comes back. We're hoping it's going to be after this Chicago game, the game following that. But again, there's I wouldn't take any risk with Paul, right? He's been playing his ass off a lot of minutes every game. If he has a sore foot, sit home, stay home. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll try to get this game in Minnesota and we'll get this one in Chicago. Uh your Lakers who have been without AD for a minute. Uh how many games has he been out?
2: So he's only been out two games. He, it, we we had a like a back-to-back sort of a thing um, the series with Oklahoma City. Took and it down to the wire both of those games though, right? Yeah, both Wasn't games were much tighter than I would like them. Why to was be. that? Uh well, I mean we didn't have Anthony Davis. Right. Right. Um but he so he, he missed both of those games and I I do think I mean I've talked about this a lot, but it's those teams, those those teams that we expect to be bad. Uh, it's the mental aspect of the game that's catching up with the Lakers. I keep harping on this. Um, the The losses that we've taken outside of Philly and the Clippers' opening night. A lot of those losses have come when we just you know take our foot off the gas pedal, um, and it's very easy to do that when you're looking at Oklahoma City and their best player is you know Horford, who's you know thirty four. Uh, Shea's or, their best player, bro. Yeah, absolutely, but. I also think, you know, a lot has been made out of the fact that Oklahoma City is not going to be good. Um, and I've pushed, ag- pushed back against that. They are good. Like, you know, they don't have uh, any sort of superstar. I think Shea, uh, like you said, is their best player, is their best talent that they have on the team. Uh, but they're just a bunch of hungry dudes that like Lou Dort, for instance, we've talked about a couple times. That guy plays physical. And, and he's one of the best on-ball defenders, like uh, on the wing, in the league and you know you saw the way that he did in the bubble against James Harden (laughs) and obviously Harden got the best of him blocked that shot at the end of the game seven but they are not a bad team in the sense that when I look around at the other bad teams they have a lot of fire they have a lot of drive and it bad teams can get into the rhythm of just losing and then start to fade away in the fourth quarters of games and go like, all right, you know, this is, we're, we know what this is. We're we'll going to take, we're gonna we'll take a loss. It, right. Yeah. They don't do that. They don't give up. I also think there is the mental aspect that I talked about with the Lakers dealing with playing against Oklahoma City after a relatively long road trip. We've had several games at home now. This is, you know, four, four games in a row. We're going to have Memphis uh, tomorrow. Um, and I just, I'm glad that we got the wins because those, those games can very easily go the other way. Right. Especially that last one, um, with with some really great play from LeBron James down the stretch.
0: Did both those games go overtime? They did both of them. So yeah.
2: we've had three games in a row go go to overtime because the the Detroit game before that, mm-hmm. before Oklahoma right. City went to double overtime, <laughs> and it's so it's that lull, right? So you get <laughs> the Denver we we destroyed Denver, which was a very big statement game for us. Jokic is a guy that causes problems for our defense because of our lack of, lack of, of big men like the big men depth that we have. Um, so that was really, really awesome for us to get that win against Denver. And then you go, okay, we got Detroit in a back to back with OKC. Um, let's see if we can get up for this. And I do think, you know, Detroit in that game, they had already beaten us like a week ago, like a week before that. And so, like, we got this. They right. had a lot of confidence going right. into that game. Yeah. And we're coming off, you know, a big win uh, against Denver. And we, <laughs> we forced double fucking overtime. Uh, to beat Detroit, um, and you know, luckily we got that one, and then so you know, three games in a row going to overtime just kind of shows a lot, you. man. And it's after that, it's it's you know, I, I I call things hangovers a lot, but it's the hangover after the the rodeo road trip, right? You go, you're away from home for you know two weeks, and you can't do anything but be in in the in the gym or be in your hotel room, and then you come home and you're just like, all right, cool, we can kick it, we can relax. We got Detroit and OKC coming up. We got a nice little easy schedule. And then all of a sudden, nothing's you, easy in
0: the NBA, right? Man.
2: All of a sudden, you look up and it's double overtime against Detroit or uh, two overtime games against OKC.
0: Yeah, you think it's easy until you when you go into Minnesota and almost get your ass kicked, right. like the Clippers. Right. Um, I mean, you're, you're only a half game back of of Utah, and the Clippers are two and a half back from Utah. What is a podcast, Drew? What is our podcast without some Brooklyn Nets talk? Okay, <laughs> right. we got it. We got to talk a little bit about the Nets. Uh, they're hanging in tough in the third spot. In the East, 15 and 12. Uh, they're six and four in the last 10 games. They had dropped four of their last five before they got uh, Indiana last night. But also, what is what is one of our podcasts without a Kyrie Irving quote, right? And I just I started laughing when I heard this because this is what he said after one of their losses, one of those four losses out of the five. They asked him. This was when uh, I think KD got pulled. Or is the game after KD got pulled for contact tracing?
2: Yeah, KD got pulled in the middle of the game. Didn't Wasn't able to start, start the game. Right. Popped in. And then it was a review. They were looking at some sort of review for his fifth foul in the first half. And then they pulled him again. Pulled
0: again. And you know what's wild? And shout out to Daniel Artest. He brought up a stat uh, the other night. And he was saying that that was the first game ever that Kevin Durant has never started, not just NBA, but like ever in his life. That's so funny. That was the game. So they asked, like, what's going on with the team? You know, why are you guys losing games? And Kyrie's like, and I quote, we're the team that gets someone taken out during COVID during games. We're the team that has to deal with the refs. We're the team that that is battling against so many odds. And I'm like, Kyrie, can you just shut up? Every single, I love you, Kyrie, but every single team is dealing with COVID and has to deal with the refs. The refs aren't out to get you guys. It's just, come on, dude, just say we're not playing well right now. Because you he's been playing his ass off. I mean, he, he looks great. He does. And, and, again, if you if you don't have one of your stars, if KD's not playing, deal with it. You still got James Harden. Think about that. Oh, shit, KD's out, but I still got James Harden. Right? And it's obvious the glaring problem with them is the defense. That's what everybody talks about. Iman Shumpert isn't going to solve your defensive problems at all. But, again, you're hanging in tough, 15 and 12. But that, that quote to me, like, come on, dude.
2: Right. I mean, that's that's. I'm I'm not surprised to hear that. That's Kyrie in a nutshell, right? Uh, he thinks the world revolves around him. The flat, the flat world. Wor- the flat world revolves around him. Um, and dude, I mean, it's just it's so funny for him to have that kind of microscopic view on his team as the only team that has to deal. We're the team that has to deal with the refs. <laughs> like like, like every team doesn't complain every time there's a goddamn call. I mean, come on. Uh, we're the team that has to deal with COVID. Where you know, literally, You're know, the
0: only team that gets COVID. Come Stop. on.
2: Come on. Talk to Michael Porter Jr. about COVID.
0: Talk to freaking the the Wizards.
2: Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Who've only played like eight games this whole season. In Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Memphis had like five games in a row postponed from COVID. Um, I guess, you know, I, I can understand – the the whole like weirdness with with kevin durant and that's that's actually really poorly reflective on the nba and the system that they have in place like look if there's a question that durant should or should not be out there let's not leave it up to 15 minutes before the game starts or the game has already tipped Mm -hmm. and then you give him the thumbs up sorry dude you're not you're not making it out here tonight like it sucks Mm -hmm. but this is the world that we live in now and you're just not going to play so that's bad form uh definitely from the league and i'm sure Adam Silver was very displeased by right. how that all went. I mean, you can tell how rapidly that that news got back to Kevin Durant because he was ready to go back in the game, and then literally had to walk off and go change and, and shower up and do all that stuff. And then he
0: had the greatest tweet of the night, though. Was it what was it free me?
2: Yeah, free me, free me
0: <laughs> from the locker room. He free tweeted. me,
2: free me. <laughs> Katie getting on the tweets, <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, Katie, Katie does what he does best, and he gets on gets on socials and and complains
0: from the locker room. Um, so great.
2: We talk a lot about the Nets now. We have to. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. But nothing has changed there. I mean, other than the fact that Kevin Kevin Durant is out again with some sort of COVID issue, uh, they have taken losses to Toronto, Philly, and Detroit before that win, as you mentioned, three, three losses in a row. And it's just going to be like that. I do, unfortunately. I think, you know, especially if one of the big three, Kevin or Kyrie or Harden, is out, it obviously reduces the the firepower that they have on offense, and that's clearly what drives the bus there. Unless all three of those guys can consistently play, and I, I, I think they will once once <laughs> Durant gets back, he's supposed to be back on Saturday. Uh so he'll he'll be back in the lineup soon. Uh I do think that's just gonna be something that happens to this team, right? It's, and every team. Well, no, but like more to this team where I'm talking about like those random losses right. because of their, their ineptitude defensively. Like they're gonna take a lot of random losses because they miss a shot and the other team hits it. And every team is close. And at the end of these games, every team's close. Um, so it's just it's just going to be one of those types of seasons until they figure out um, how to play defense.
0: Harden's last five games, 19, 24, 26, 17, 23. Very unharden-like,
2: right? He's leading the league in assists, though. That's wild. He's the only player averaging double-digit assists this year. He is at 11 a game. Um, and then I think like Trey and Luca and a couple other guys, Jokic are up there at, at like nine-ish. Um, but it's, so that was something that has not really changed. Um, and, and Harden's play is what I'm talking about. He is continuing to defer. He's continuing to be the facilitator. And that was the last thing I thought was going to happen there. Uh, but it's hurting them in games. Like I just mentioned without Kevin Durant, he's still trying to get Joe Harris 30 points. Right. Instead of dude, we actually kind of need like Kyrie can go for 40, which is great. And Joe Harris can have six threes, which Mm. is awesome. We kind of need you to be a little bit more involved um offensively and and a little bit more uh me first which is something <laughs> you're talking about
0: heart you've never I, had to tell hard is
2: yeah exactly it's like <laughs> the weirdest thing ever i don't know Did he <laughs> have some sort of like uh you know some sort of mental breakdown or some sort of mental thing that has happened to him a lobotomy do you i do get humbled know. all of a sudden i don't get it i just don't <laughs> understand it's like how do how is steve nash now and dan tony who knows this man inside and out Going, James, please shoot the ball. We brought you here for 40 points, James. Please <laughs> shoot the ball. Like, why do you continue to pass on your step backs? Just shoot the ball, go to the free throw line, do your thing. It's unbelievable. Um, so that's another wrinkle that has just been so unpredictable you know, in the, this whole thing.
0: The question that always gets asked is like, okay, well, who's Batman? Who's Robin? Who's Alfred? And it was brought up in our comments the other day. And the homie Tristan Wilson, a.k.a. King Hustle from my Venice Beach team, at Hooper, if you want to follow him, uh, he said, I think James Harden's Alfred. And I'm like, well... You know, James Harden doesn't want to be Alfred, but he made a good point saying that, like, yo, Alfred had to make sure that his, that Batman and Robin had everything they needed, kept the house clean, like, just made sure everything ran straight. And the way he was run was run well. And the way he put that, I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad to be Alfred, right? Somebody's well, got to be him. That's
2: the thing. is it, it, it If it wasn't going to be James, it was going to have to be somebody. And Dinwiddie, who may have, you know, if, if Dinwiddie doesn't have the ACL, maybe he becomes the Alfred to, you know – Batman Robin and Catwoman, if you want to call it that. And that you can you can pick who Catwoman is. Um, but like that's the point that I think is interesting. I, I, I want to be clear about this. I'm not upset that James Harden is facilitating. I do think it's unbelievable that he took that role. I would have never called that as mm-hmm. happening. I thought Kyrie would be the one that would naturally as the point guard, I thought for sure. But it's clear that he's more of a two guard and Harden is the point guard for this team. Um, so that I, I, think it's important that they have that. And it's amazing that Harden has taken on that role. It's just really surprising. So I know we touched on a lot of, uh, a lot of different teams in this pod, but it's, we are definitely more than a quarter of the way through the season. We're approaching on a third of the way through the season for the majority of these teams out here with a 72 game season. So it's always good to just take a quick look around, right? Some, you know, especially the beginning of the season, you got teams up there like Orlando wasn't the two seed for a while. Let's take a look at where everybody is real quick so in in the eastern conference philadelphia is still holding down the one seed uh before i really get into this it's pretty clear to me that the eastern conference is open more open than it has been in more years similar to the way that it was last year though uh because you know we had in the last few seasons we've had milwaukee finish number one or toronto finish number one and there's a chance that milwaukee finishes number one in the east in the regular season but they clearly are not the best team in the east based on their Playoff outcomes, uh, so I do think we're gonna have another crazy, pr- pretty crazy year up and down the Eastern Conference all the way through the playoff spots because a lot of teams are very evenly matched. Uh, so going off of that, Philly number one seed in the East right now, eighteen and seven. Milwaukee's sitting there in the two at sixteen and nine. Then you have Brooklyn, and something that's really interesting and uh, kind of gives sheds some light on how good the Western Conference is. The Eastern Conference five hundred teams are well within the playoffs. So let me get to this. Boston in the four seed is 12 and 11. Four seed, 12 and 11. Then you have losing records through the rest of the Eastern Conference. We only have four winning record teams in the Eastern Conference. Toronto, in the five seed
0: now. Hey, shout out to Toronto, though. Can we give them some props, <clears throat> dishes, yeah. and dimes? Yeah. Six and four in their last 10, holding down the five spot under 500.
2: 12 and 13 is the five seed in the Eastern Conference. This is crazy. Which is tied with Indiana, 12 and 13. Then you have Charlotte uh, in the seven seed, as we talked about, 12 and 14. Atlanta, 11 and 13 in the eight seed. Nine seed, the Knicks at 11 and 15. Then you got your Chicago and Miami tied at the 10 and 11. And I'll tell you what, right now, nobody wants to be – going up against the Heat in an elimination game when it comes down to it at the end of the season. If the Miami Heat finish in a 10-9-8-7 seed, everyone that's going to go up against them is going to be shaking the boots, and whoever finishes in the number one seed that may have to face them in that first round, they're not going to be happy with that. I'm still expecting Miami... I'm not sold on Miami. I'm still expecting them to climb the ladder, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy's been out for a long mm-hmm. time, um, and you've had you know instances where Hero has been out. You've had... Bam just having a crazy good year this year. So I do think they're going to turn it around uh, once everyone is back. If everyone gets back, I think is the bigger question. They've won yeah. three in a row. Yeah, and so Jimmy's starting to play, and mm-hmm. it, like it's it's happening. You can see that they have the talent that they did last year. I mean, they're a very similar team. Uh, they did lose Myers Leonard, I'm pretty sure, for the entire season. He's out with, I think it's a shoulder problem. So that's going to be difficult at their depth because like, they did lose. like Crowder was would have been a really important guy for them to keep. So they can play that small ball stuff, but anyway. Um, and then to to wrap it all up, you got Cleveland, Orlando, Washington, and Detroit in the East in that order, twelve through fifteen. Uh, and then in the West, we talked about Utah and the Lakers already. Utah twenty and five in number one seed. Lakers twenty and six. Clippers in the three seed, eighteen and eight. And then you got Phoenix right there in four, which is you know a little surprising. We all expected uh, Phoenix to be a much better team this year with Chris Paul. That is proven. Uh, to be true based on their record thus far and the way that they've been playing. They've won four in a row. Mikael Bridges um, is an emerging star for them. He's not any sort of superstar. He's not going to be an all-star, but he is a, a perfect player for that system and is shining right now. Then you got Portland uh, in the five seed. Portland, 13-10. and 10, San Antonio, team that we never mentioned, but our are has killing right Deontay now. Deontay Murray. Yeah, DeJounte Murray. Pardon me. I call him Deontay sometimes. DeJonte okay. Murray has been doing a great job there, as has... A lot of their players. They're, I mean, everyone is really just playing great in that system. So they're 14-11 in the six
0: seed. Do you think they should be the White Walker combo? I mean, they got White and they got Lonnie Walker. Just saying. Going back to our I nickname. I like that. Would that be the original I think White that Walker?
2: Would, that would work better okay. to me.
0: I think it was better because Gordon Hayward's white. That's why white.
2: white I get. I know it's funny, but like it's if, it's, if it's, we're doing a play on names, right. like you actually have a guy named White and you have right. a guy named Walker. That okay. makes more sense to me. Continue. Uh, <laughs> then you move to the seven seed Denver, uh, thirteen and eleven. They had a rough start to the season, and then Golden State in the eight seed there, thirteen and twelve. And this is where five hundred comes into play. Let's remember, five hundred team in the East is in the five seed. The five hundred teams in the West are in the nine and below. Memphis ten and ten at five hundred in the nine seed. Then our 500 team, Sacramento, 12-12 and in the 10 seed. Dallas is a team we have not talked a lot about. They are very grossly underperforming this year. A lot has been made about Kristaps Porzingis. I'm sure that guy's hearing a lot. He actually had a decent game a couple games ago and looked a little bit more like uh, it was in that Golden State game, I believe. They've won
0: won three in a row. Yeah,
2: and I do think they're going to get back on track, but I also think that they're clearly missing a couple pieces. Richardson, that trade for Richardson is not working out. Honestly, for like both teams, I thought Curry was going to be a lot better in, in the Sixers, and he had his run-in with COVID and was out for a while, so maybe he's just getting his legs back. But the Richardson thing coming back, I thought was going to work out much better, but they're having to bench him and, and play Tim Hardaway, uh, who's good. Who's good. I, I like Tim Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, to me, is still a little dysfunctional. So I, I, I'm not nearly as high on them as I was coming into this year. I thought they were going to do much better than they have so far, and there's still room, obviously. Then you get into the very disappointing Pelicans, uh, who Zion continues to put up big points, but cannot seem to rebound um, at all or play much defense at all at this point in his career, which is strange. Uh, I can and, work on that though. But they're eleven and thirteen in the twelve seed. Houston eleven and thirteen in the thirteen seed, and OKC ten and fourteen in the fourteen seed. And then Minnesota, the worst team in the NBA, in the 15th seed. Just to recap, ten and fourteen right now which is the second worst team in, in, in the Western Conference, Oklahoma City, would get them the 11 seed in the Eastern Conference right now. So you can clearly see how stacked the Western Conference yeah. is based on the way that the records are breaking down, and there should be some real separation from those first four to five teams in the East uh, as the season progresses because they are better than the rest of the, the Eastern Conference but the uh, the bottom half of the east is just going to take a beating as they go around and play teams that are significantly better than them.
0: Yeah, like so Boston's 12, 12 and 11 in the fourth and then the seventh seed Charlotte's 12 and 14. So, you know, same amount of wins. You mentioned uh Golden State. Fun fact about Golden State Drew. What is it? <laughs> going back to LaMelo, he's leading all rookies in points, rebounds, and steals if I'm or it's a sister steal. It's
2: assist. It's he's not leading
0: in steals. He's not leading in blocks, and he is leading in turnovers. That's well, uh, that's shocking, right? Yeah. But he's averaging more rebounds than Wiseman, the, the the center, which is which is pretty impressive. So there's my fun fact of the day.
2: No, that's I mean, it, it's shocking to see that, right? To to when you look at that, you're like, damn, he's leading in all these categories, and the guy's a point guard, like
0: in, including turnovers.
2: And and I will tell you this, I mean, kind of like full circle, I guess we're back in Lamelo, but <laughs> he's a better rebounder than I would have ever imagined. Um, his length and his positioning, while he's not a great defender, his positioning around the rim, offensively and defensively, is really solid. And when we're talking about real and like just real basketball players, you can see when a shot goes up. The good players, especially good rebounders, they know kind of where that shot is going from and what the trajectory off of the rim may be. And a lot of times, he's in the right spot. That's and why
0: he gets those outlet passes. Too. So
2: yeah, he's he's able to rebound and turn and go, mm-hmm. and that leads to feeds to the points and the assists and everything else. So and he is six eight, so you should be able yeah. to rebound the basketball. Yeah, uh, you got any any parting notes? I have a uh, a quick uh, very. is very very quick. I have a quick quiz for you. Oh God. We're gonna we're gonna test your knowledge. Oh no, Drew. Um, about who the leading um, stats guys are right now. So quick off the top, mm. who's the number one scorer in the NBA p- points per game right
0: number now? Number one scorer in the NBA, Trey Young. Bradley Beal. Okay, shit. Couldn't have known that.
2: A surprise here mm-hmm. is the third leading scorer in the NBA after an Achilles surgery is Kevin Durant, 29 and a half. Mm. But Bradley Beal is leading the league in scoring 32.8 points is Trae per second? game. Uh, Trey is out of the top 10.
0: Damn, I should have. Boy.
2: Yeah, so it goes. It goes. Brad Beal, Steph, KD, then Dame, mm-hmm. all right around thirty points a game. Joel Embiid in, in there as well. Then Zach Levine, sixth Shout at twenty eight, and then Giannis at seven, Kyrie eight. Anyway, I, I think, thought it was
0: going to be some surprise, like you know. That's why I threw out Trey Young. Well, so the quick. surprise was the Kevin
2: Durant piece, <laughs> right? I, that was the surprise. That was what I was getting okay. to. was that Kevin Durant? You know, a lot has been made about Kyrie and, and Harden and all that stuff, but KD is out here. <laughs> Averaging thirty points a game mm. after all of us were worried about whether or not he'd be a- even able to be. Yeah, the he's same, better. He's better than he be was. Be the same player. It's amazing. <laughs> so that was that was the thing that I was getting to,
0: um, and and also a little shout out to Brad Beal. And obviously, I don't know my stuff, so I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, take better notes on that. Um, again, guys, check us out on BasketballNews.com. If you're not in Clubhouse yet, we're really pushing this. Uh, we're gonna have our own room. Basketball news. will be having our own room that we'll be doing three shows a week. I think Drew and I are gonna do a night. Uh, uh, the the girls from Dishes and Dimes will do a night. Alex Kennedy will do a night. We're trying to get, you know, really good conversation. If you need an invite, I have. I think I have four left. If you leave us a review, a good review, and tell us that you want to be in Clubhouse before everybody else gets in, do a review screenshot it send it to me let me know also check out all the other podcasts that we got going on uh kenya martin just paired up with jada kiss is his new partner in the uh neat and unfiltered pod Eton thomas the rematch alex kennedy podcast keeping it 94 with spencer davies we got the sheridan show dunk uh the dunker spot which is uh, a duncan if you really like analytics and like breaking down the game of basketball check out his pod and of course the dishes and dimes podcast toronto raptors base these girls are awesome so check us out on basketballnews.com. Drew, you're going to be upset, but I want to take him out with my guy that's probably leading uh takeout songs, The baby. <laughs> featuring Young Thug, okay, Blind. This song is badass. Turn it up, bang it. It is the follow-through clips and Drew, and we're ghost. I just got
1: the key, to let me in. No ID. Doors opening up for me, and now I see. I've been blind for a while now. I've been blind for a while now. I've been blind. Hey! Every single goddamn day, a nigga thank you next thing. Tomato, mustard, mayonnaise, nigga better catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. my head too hard for me to learn my lesson. My head too goddamn hard. the way I did it worked out fine. Ooh, God, you blessed. Hey, man, you probably ain't believe me. No nigga went through hell and back. Now you finally on the TV. Now nigga don't even give a fuck no more. Probably think it's easy. Let you know it ain't easy. I fuck her like a bathing nigga. She ran from the dick like a cheater. Go! Two-tone AP watch on. Never some music for a clock so fucking up the trucks Boom. I wonder if he ever gon' stop And he charge on the 50 for the verses now Play it or never ever drop They notice it a nigga can the first time. Wonder if he ever gon' pop Go! I just got the key, they let me in No ID, doors opening up for me And now I see I've been blind for a while now Blind I've been blind for a while blind. now Let's go! I just got the key, they let me in No ID, doors opening up for me And now I see I've been blind for a while now I've been blind for a while now Yeah I've been quarantined living with my kids Trying to teach me how to cha-cha for the round, let the door open Now they know that they can't stop me Don't place me in no car Yeah, I'm off probation So it's gas, I blow I fell over my bitch Oh, I don't ask no more I can really sit back Ain't got a pass, no dough All of my brothers get looped I don't got right with pistols They found them dead, they ditched you Don't you tell me you lost me What? Fuck all the rest then them bitches go a nominee Go to the head whenever dogs with me die Got me riding to the sun Come blood on my wife I just got the key they let me in no ID doors opening up for me and now i see i've been blind for a while now blind. yeah i've been blind for a while now yeah. let's go i just got the key they let me in no ID doors opening up for me and now i see i've been blind for a while now i've been blind for a while.